Good morning. Good to be here with you. I have a question. And I would like to uh, have you think about this and then come up with a, a brief response, okay? Can you recall a time in your life, okay, this is the focus on you now, okay, a time in life when you prayed for someone who had a need for healing, and you saw what you thought was a miracle happen. So it's you doing the praying, and healing happened. Okay? Not just talking generally about healing or something that happened to you, but something you prayed for. Can anybody help me with that this morning? <laughs> Good morning, my name is Cassie. Um, for my husband, um, when he was um, early in his recovery, um, he was in the hospital in a coma, and I did a lot of praying, and um, I saw a miracle happen, and he's been sober about 10 years since then. Hey, thank you, thank you. When Stephanie, my daughter, was um, born two weeks early, she was put in the NICU um, to reprogram her pancreas. I prayed, but then I also activated churches back home in Maryland, um, and they put her on the prayer list, and she was out in six days. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. I moved up here from um, uh, a pretty bad neighborhood down in... Um, Gosh, I can't even remember the name of the town now. Anyway, um, I moved up here, and all I could think of was to pray, Lord, don't let them find me. Don't let them find me. Keep me here. And he has. Thank you. Hi, church family. So uh, my one and only child, Dominic, is 20 years old now and at NDSU working on his AI degree. And when he was not quite two years old, he fell out of our third-story apartment window. Wow. And um, you know, I, I, did, I didn't even hit the steps. And I just remember, and he went head down. I'll never forget the way that my hand felt. So I was sitting right with him on the couch. We had just sat down to watch a movie with some popcorn. And, you know, he just opened the screen. And he went to go get his chocolate milk off the shelf. And his little hand, I'll never forget the reflection in the TV screen. And my hand reached and his foot right here. And down he went, head first. And I got down there so quick. And he was gone. He, he was gone. And I looked up, in, and I'd, I'd never heard, I'd never had a shriek like that in my life. And I said, don't you take him from me, God, and I'll never forget the way that the clouds just parted, and the sun came, and he opened his eyes, and I knew that I couldn't, I, I sure, oh, sure, he broke his neck. Said, and the way this guy looked, and I'm on my knees, 
shrieking like a mom. I've never heard those sounds come out of me again. And he just opened his eyes and he said, Mom, can we go play now? Went to the hospital, spent five days in observation in the emergency room doctor said, I don't know how this happened. He doesn't have a broken bone. He doesn't have anything. He had a, what they figured was a bruised black eye from his fist hitting his eye from the impact. And that's God. I, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, four months after we moved from Bismarck, our parish there, my husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor and given two years to live with no hope. We sent SOSs to our, everybody we knew, our congregations, and he was not cured of the cancer, but he lived 23 years before it came back. And that was definitely a miracle of prayer yeah. that comforted us, that we had somebody playing for us. Thank you, thank you. One more. <clears throat> Morning, church family. I'm Damaris. Um, I was on my way home downtown St. Paul, and um, a man and a woman were on the street in front of the Scientology building, and uh, he was face down. And I said, and I uh, approached him. She took off, and I, I kneeled down, and I said, uh, I, I yelled at him first. No, no response. Face just on the concrete. And I looked up in the sky and I said, Lord Jesus, please help this man. And uh, he moved after that. And the uh, ambulance came and helped them after that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think sometimes uh, while we make claims about how God heals and so forth, it seems like it's always happening to somebody else. Or it's somebody else who prays and there's healing but not when I do it. You ever have that feeling? You know? And, and sometimes you, you may kind of end up feeling your prayer wouldn't matter because you're not that good at it. <laughs> or you don't know what to say. Or you don't know how to put it together. So how, how could God use it? See? And he does. <laughs> he just does use it. <clears throat> and he uses things that we may not think about. Today we have, you know, around the church in the health fair, representatives from different kinds of organizations, all who are involved in healing, body, soul, and mind. And God does miracles when people make themselves available to be used. You know? And we're, we're thankful. We're thankful for that. I remember uh, a long, uh, well, a long time ago, because my, my, my son, my firstborn, He's about this big. We were living out in the jungle on the island of New Guinea in the South Pacific, and we were up in the mountains, 
And it was a Sunday. A Sunday when there is no air traffic. Nobody ever flew into where we lived on a Sunday. Yeah? And so we, did, we, we never planned to travel on a Sunday. We never expected people to come in on a Sunday. Ever. I never saw it. Except one time. And my son had gone into dehydration. He had been struggling, you know, and we were tending to it as best as we could, new parents and all that. But something was happening. When you pinched his skin, you know, like this, and let it go, it just stood up. Classic sign, dehydration. Wow. We were, we were dependent on a two-way radio. You know, you push the button and you talk, you release the button, and if somebody is out there, they respond. This was Sunday, and there's very little activity on the radio. And we're just, we're just really concerned of what's happening. And uh, you know what? I got on the radio and just started calling out for anybody. Anybody. And on the south part of the island, here comes this response from a Christian group picking up my message. And it was a medical person. And knew exactly what was going on. And I'm totally amazed. And that person said, Hey, don't worry. But you have to get on an airplane and get that child out now. And I said, What do we do? It's Sunday. And we don't ever have any air traffic coming into Bolana on a Sunday. See, and that person just was encouraging. Be prayerful, you know. While I was still talking to that person, I was hearing in the distance the drone of a Cessna coming up the valley toward us. I'm praying. My wife is praying. We need a miracle. Here comes this airplane. It just came and landed. You know, it tore down on, on, on the motorbike down down to the airstrip. Just, you got to hold it. My wife is coming with my son. And they did. See, God uses so many different things. And he uses prayers. 
And, and sometimes the miraculous happens. In, in this case, nobody ever came in on Sunday. But at that time, in connection with this Christian medical person whom I never met, bringing things together. And I, I would say that my son was saved in that time. And I think of the, I think of the things that God had to, had to use and put together. Why? Because in his wisdom, he knew all this stuff was going to be happening. He needed to bring encouragement in our own hearts as we were praying. So we got out and down to the hospital and everything turned out. But I remember, I remember as a young father and I remember the helplessness in the situation. Stranded like we were up in the mountains of New Guinea. <laughs> Would you say God is good? You know? And I'm thankful for the times when there seems to have been an intervention by God. There's been times too when you pray, nothing seems to happen. I had a friend, Dr. Larry Christensen, who, who uh, he was a leader in the renewal movement in the Lutheran churches. Uh, back in the 19, late 1950s, 1960s, and 70s. The charismatic renewal stuff. And, and Larry was a pastor. He was, he was involved in a lot of that. He, we met with him, a bunch of pastors met with him one day down in Minneapolis. and <laughs> He was asked a question about miracles and healing. And what his experience was. He said, you know, in all my ministry, I have prayed for more people who got sick and died than anybody I know. <laughs> what? Larry? <laughs> it was a very oddly encouraging for me as a pastor. Yeah. Visits in the intensive care unit and care centers and family homes where there is a need. And then it seems like the prayer isn't answered. Have you had that experience? Yeah. You know. God is still a God of healing. And he does some quite miraculous things. And sometimes it seems not. Here in the gospel for today is a beloved story of healing. And it's, it's actually quite incredible. And if you can for a moment, you put yourself in the story. It's a good way to read particularly the New Testament and when you're in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the life of Jesus, and the things that he's doing, if you can enter in yourself into one of the characters.
you know, and kind of ask yourself, ah, what would I do here? What would be my response? So from John chapter 5, just nine verses, this is a great story. <laughs> Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. And inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda. With five covered porches around it. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there, get this, one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, and he knew that he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I mean, is that a no-brainer? Would you like to get well? You hang on to that question because that's your question for today. Well, I can't, sir. <laughs> the sick man said, you know, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up. Pick up your bed. Go home. <laughs> Instantly. Instantly. It says... The man was healed. He rolled up a sleeping mat. He began walking. But the miracle happened on the Sabbath. <laughs> and so the Jewish leaders objected. And they said to the man who was cured, You can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. <laughs> Religious people are interesting. When God does a miracle, they question it. If it's not within the framework of rules and regulations, it can't be. And you can't celebrate, even if there's been a miraculous healing. 38 years, these religious people had walked by that man and never stopped to pray. Probably all the people lying in those five porches, they practically lived there. They'd be carried there in the daytime, early in the morning, hopeful that when the water in the pool was disturbed. See, I don't know. I, I think of Yellowstone National Park. 
and some of those geysers and stuff, when the water starts to go like, see, it used to be every hour for Old Faithful. It's now 90 minutes, I think. But the guy was there, and Jesus asks him this question. Out of all the people in all the porches, on all the mats, he comes to this guy and says, would you like to get well? It's a question. It's very important for, for, for us today. Would you, would you like to get well? How many of you have something you would like to get well from today? See? So, okay. Do you really want to get well? <laughs> you see, because the answer isn't always yes. Or it's yes with a condition. What, what, what do I need to do? And once I get well, then what? See? And for 38 years, this man has been lying there, totally dependent upon other people. Always wanting to get into the pool, but no one ever there to carry him into it when the water gets disturbed. That's, where they, that's what they believe. You get into the, whoever's first in the water when it bubbles up gets healed. No doubt, no doubt there had been healings. That's why all those people were there. But what had happened to this guy in 38 years? I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't respond to the question, yeah, man, I want to be healed. You know, he just, what he says is, like, I can't. I've given up. Nobody there to help me get there. And he'd become probably conditioned after 38 years. Having once had hope, now struggling with kind of trying to be hopeful, but that's met with hopelessness. It's a combination, hope and hopeless. Have you ever had that experience? There's a man that came to Jesus in... in, uh, in Jesus... He's there. This this guy has a son who's demon possessed. <laughs> it's just chaos all the time, and his son gets thrown into the fire by the demon, and you know it's just driving driving his father crazy with sadness, and you know, and he hears apparently hears about Jesus. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, heal my son. Huh? Heal my son. See? Pouring out what, what this demon is doing. And, and Jesus, I mean, he takes time for questions. And he's, he's, do, you, do you believe? 
Do you believe I can heal your son? And what did the man say? <laughs> oh, Lord. I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. <laughs> I believe. Help my unbelief. See, we get in those situations where we know by faith we're called to trust God and to trust Jesus. And, and, and we believe, but there lingers in their unbelief. See, because we're uncertain. <laughs> and, and Jesus, he doesn't beat them up for that. He doesn't, he, he says, you go, your son is healed. He goes back home and, and finds out that it was in that moment, the people tending to his son in that house, that in that moment, the son had been healed. See? So in the times when you, you struggle and, and, and you get called into a situation kind of like your experience, you know, you come across this man lying on the concrete. You, you, just, you just did it. You just went and spoke into the situation prayerfully, whatever. You stepped into it and something happened. See? You, you don't need a degree. You don't need a license. You don't need to be high on the spiritual totem pole in some way. You don't need to be a faith healer. You need to be a believer, is all, in the God who heals. See, Jesus used, used all kinds of things. I mean, some, sometimes he, healing happened when uh, you, you remember the story about these guys carrying this guy on some kind of a cot or whatever and they went up on the roof and cut through the roof and lowered him down so they could get him in front of Jesus because of the crowds Jesus healed them because of their faith other people on behalf of the man brought him to Jesus and the man was healed. Jewish leaders didn't like that one either. The rabbis, you know, you know, around because they didn't follow protocol. See. Uh, sometimes there's a direct thing, you know, the, the guy that was blind, Lord, I, I, I want to see. Jesus asked him a question. What do you want me to do? See, Lord, I, I want people to see. I want to see, Lord. They am born blind. Wow. And Jesus does some things kind of related to the way we're created. From dust, 
You know, from mud we are made, the Bible says. He took spit into the dirt, made some mud, and put it on his eyes. And then he had to go and wash. See, actually he had to repeat that. He had to repeat that. So, sometimes these questions are, are, are important because sometimes Jesus calls us to do some things related to our healing. He calls us to do something. And then we decide whether or not we're going to do it. How many of you have been told kind of something you need to do for healing and you haven't quite taken that step yet? This is a recovery community. Come on. You know? And there's, there's some truth to it. There's some truth to it. I can be interrupting my own healing. See? Prayer chains go to work. There are people called prayer warriors on the prayer chain. Sometimes it makes me feel like if they're the warriors, who am I? You know, or maybe I'm not one of those. So it's kind of an unfortunate identification of people on prayer chains. They're just people like you and me. But I'm thankful that they are people who invest in the prayer request. They don't just say, I'll be praying for you, and I go home and have lunch and forget. For days on end, I don't pray. But the people on the prayer chain do invest. I'm thankful for that, see. And they serve a purpose. But sometimes they want to rush things through and pray for healing. They, they want to pray for comfort. No pain. See? And God uses discomfort and pain to get our attention sometimes. And I would like to see prayer chains more often come together and pray, first of all, Lord, how do you want us to pray in this situation? See? Lord, what do you want us to know and to learn? And Lord, what do you need for this person to learn through this time of suffering or sickness or whatever. What, what, what do you want us to know? And sometimes that gets short-circuited because when I, when I get sick, I'm pretty impatient myself. That I won't take the time to ask God, okay, What's the lesson this time? Before I run to the pharmacy, before I run to the doctor, before I do this, that, and the other, what do you need me in this time to learn, see?
So the guy at the pool for 38 years had a lot of time to think about that. I don't know if, if he ever asked the question, Father, what do you want me to learn? But Jesus provided that opportunity with the question, would you like to get well? Up. Get up. See? So, I mean, he, he got up because he was told to. Uh, did he believe that, he, that his legs had in that instant been strengthened and healed? We don't know that. It's just he got up. He did what he was told to do. See? God is a God who loves to heal. And he gave that as a gift into the church. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was unleashed unto that which was the body of Christ. You know? Christ had ascended. He had gone up to be with the Father. The, the grave was empty. The victory had been won over death and sickness, see? Over troubled and broken hearts, see? All the holding of resentments and anger, unresolved grief had been dealt with when the tomb opened and out came the risen Lord, see? Victory over all those things had been won. He goes on up on the day of the ascension. He's up in heaven and the Holy Spirit is sent. Oh, wow. And what happened on, on Pentecost? So we read about, you know, the gifts of the Spirit and everything and we get into all that and all the areas of life are covered in spiritual gifting and what do we do? We question spiritual gifts. And then we wonder, hey, they, they've got gifts. What do I have? See? <laughs> oh my, my, my. We, we find ways to be resistant to the mercies of God, see. Complacent in our suffering, see. We allow ourselves and we become sometimes comfortable to the point we actually no longer probably want to be healed. After 38 years, this man had the advantage of sickness. He didn't have to go to work for an eight-hour day to earn you know, a living. You know. People took care of him, just took care of him. He had food to eat, you know, take care of his needs. We, that happens see that's why Jesus says hey man you want to be well <laughs> so it's a question it's a question for us both in our own needs for healing but also listening 
to the heart of Jesus and how he may want to use you for someone else's healing here. Even you, see, even me. Is it making sense? You know? Oh, we, we celebrate, we celebrate today when we, when we think about healing. And we, we serve a risen Savior who has come into the world. According to the prophet Isaiah, the one who was to come, the Messiah, would be addressing all of these needs. And Jesus promised that the things that he did, we also would do. And greater things. Even you, even me. (laughs) Oh, it's exciting. A day like today. You don't need special rituals. You don't need special services. But the Lord uses healing services. You don't need rituals and things like that. But the Lord makes use of something like oil. This isn't magic. It's, it's a comfort. It's a comfort. And oil was used for, for healing, see. Frankincense and myrrh, that's what goes into these products. Frankincense and myrrh. I've heard about that. The gift of the Magi when they visited the Christ child in Bethlehem, brought him gold and frankincense and myrrh. Frankincense, beautiful aroma, see. Myrrh, the ointments, you know, for, well, actually, for for healing, but also preparation for burial, which is what happened to Jesus. Appropriate gifts, not the kind of gifts we usually bring to an infant that's born today. Jesus uses them. But if, 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 if you forget the oil and don't have it when you're praying, what doesn't? That doesn't eliminate the power of your prayer, see. And you don't need faith healers, but God uses people. Maybe just because they make really good use of the gift that's given to the whole church, see? To the whole church. Not just special people, but he will use. In closing, my, my first wife, you know, when she was eight years old, had polio. And for six months of her eighth year of life, she was totally paralyzed. They just had to carry her. She was like a, kind of like a rag doll. And mom and dad, they didn't know. <laughs> Talk about a pandemic. And one day, a man appeared. He was an itinerant 
pastor. He was traveling around the countryside and he would come into churches and, you know, they'd invite him to preach and, and whatever. His name was, actually his name was Goldsack. Pastor Goldsack. Assemblies of God. He came into town, Binford, North Dakota. And he heard about an eight-year-old girl out in the country with polio. He got in his car and drove out, found out where they lived, and drove out into the country. Came to the house and said, I hear, see, can I pray? And she was healed. Everything. She, she walked and she ran and she played with the other children. And she grew in faith, in response, you know. Mm, there were some things later on, the consequences of polio. And she had to re-engage faith and trust in the God who heals. Yeah. A lot of pain in the end of her life, you know, for the things. And, you know, my wife was one of those who would say with Dr. Larry Christensen, <laughs> I prayed for so many people for healing. And in some of these things, I didn't experience myself. But it was a joy to spend my life. See? And that's the way she was. She just got used. Used up by the Lord. So, even you, see? Even you. Healing from a gracious God. May the Lord add his blessing to the hearing of his word.